Did you know improving your communication can double your net worth? Just because it's not your title doesn't mean you're not in sales. You are. Lloyd Day created and has taught this communication training for 30 plus years. Macy McNeely, Lloyd's daughter, and Catherine Schubert, a founding student, were struggling entrepreneurs who, after going under his wing and seeing their businesses quadruple, knew that this was the missing piece for so many others. That's how the Guide Culture Training started and has taught over 500 students in just two short years. Sales is guiding people into a decision that is best for them. Guide Culture is not sales training, it's life training. We are a group of completely bought-in sales professionals who persuade for good. Here are your hosts, Macy, Loy, and Catherine. Hey guys, Macy McNeely here, and today I want to talk about uh, really how to stay in control of conversations. You know, we talk about in Guide Culture, one of the pillars of what we do is really teaching you how to stay in control of those conversations, and specifically sales conversations. And the one thing that can just really, really change the game for you is understanding this concept and this principle of clarifying questions, clarifying questions. And I'll never forget when I first learned this principle a few years ago, and I and I tried it for the very first time. It was back when I f- was first learning this sales material that is now guide culture. My dad was, which is Lloyd A., uh, you know him, he was really breaking down, you know, why those clarifying questions are so important. When you are so incredibly clear of the root of what people are saying, the root, not the surface, the root, you can answer so specifically instead of generally. And as Lloyd says, like you really have the key to somebody's heart when you understand the root of what they're saying and the root of what they really want. And I'm going to share lots of examples and lots of stories in this episode. So definitely uh, get some pen and paper out and start writing some notes down because this concept could change the game for you. We go in a ton of depth in this and guide culture because there are so many different techniques and different ways to use it and when to use it and the tone of your voice when you use it and how to use it. And I can't, I just don't have time to get into all of that right now. But what I am going to touch on today is what they are, why to do it, and then when to do it. Okay, so what are clarifying questions? A clarifying question is simply you, like I said, getting to the root of what people are saying. So a clarifying question could sound anything along the lines of, hey, uh, you know, what makes you say that? Can you tell me, you know, a little bit more? Why do you ask? Uh, Can you tell me why you feel this way? Just trying to understand a little bit more clearly what they are saying. The point of a clarifying question is to really understand where someone's thoughts or concerns are coming from. You're not just listening so that you can respond, but you're listening to genuinely understand. You're listening to genuinely understand. All right, so why would you do this? Why why would you need to get so much clarity on what people are saying? Well, first of all, it forces you to get clarity uh, without thinking about what you want to say. So I don't know. I, I feel like I see this just in a group setting, seeing people talk. I can tell that they are listening to somebody 
respond, but in their brain, they're thinking about what they want to say next, right? And so it's not genuine, it's not them genuinely listening. We do a ton of role play in guide culture and especially in academy. That's where I spent a lot of my time, one-on-one time with students is doing role play with them. And, and Academy is our continuation pro- program after guide culture. And what I find is that people, they'll come into the one-on-one calls and they'll say, oh, I really need to work on handling objections, or I really need to work on building value, or I really need to work on this and this. And they'll come and we'll start role-playing and I can tell it's actually not what they need to work on. What they need to work on is the info gather and it really info gathering me. And when I say me, I'm kind of like a different persona every time I role play so that they can like really specifically this, this persona that I'm portraying, what this person wants, what their problems are, what objections they really have, like deep, deep down. So instead of really listening to me and being genuinely curious about me, they are calculating what they are going to say in their head. And what happens here in this case is that when you're calculating what you want to say in your head, so let's say you're on a sales call and this person is talking, 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 and you have this, um, this, you know, perfected pitch, you know, maybe you learned it in a script or someone told you how to pull together a pitch and you're, you're sharing this pitch, but it has nothing to do with what this person really wants or has nothing to do with what this person is going for or, or what this person is going through. And you can't even really solve this problem. But all you know is like, Hey, I have this pitch that is just like perfected and it's to the point and it's perfect, but it's not perfect for that person. Even though you could truly help them, you're so obsessed with having this perfect pitch. And that's why sales, it's not a pitch. You're playing catch. You're going back and forth. Uh, and, and that's why we actually don't really love to use the word pitch because it's so much more than that, right? Having these clarifying questions, it's going to really help you get to that dominant buying motive, dominant buying motive. We always just say DBM. In fact, a lot of times in the office, we'll walk around and we'll just say, Hey, listen, I'm just going to tell you guys what my DBM is right now. So you can know how to, how to talk to me, uh, just so it can be so clear for them, but understanding what people want is not necessarily the same thing as someone's dominant buying motive. I'm going to say that again. Understanding what someone might want is not the same thing as someone's dominant buying motive. So for example, someone's dominant buying motive, it might be prestige. And that's actually a very common dominant buying motive. Everyone wants to or not everyone, but most people want to be, you know, seen a certain way and they want to feel very prestigious. Now, no one typically is going to actually come out and say that. No one's going to come out and say, hey, I like really want to be seen a certain way. I want to feel prestigious. I want to have all these things. It's like I have never in my life heard someone say that. In fact, the, the first thing that someone is, is going to say almost all always is not truthful because they're going to say what they think you want to hear or what they think is, um, you know, like appropriate or what, you know, society standards are of what the right thing to say is. So someone might initially say, Hey, I like really want to do this, um, this, this job because I just really want to help people. I want to help people. 
to some extent that might be true, right? But that is super surf- surface level. And it's like I said, not to the DBM. It's what they just are saying what they want. But when you get clarity, you might say something like, oh my gosh, that is so awesome. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Or in what ways, you know, do you want to help people? Or, you know, what would helping people, what would that really do for you? And there's no telling where they will will say, but it might start to come out that, you know, helping people is really going to make them feel a type of way. It's going to make them feel like they're making an impact. Well, how would an impact really, you know, how would that affect your life? Well, you know, maybe they will kind of start talking about how they really long to be on stage somewhere and they really want to start speaking and they want to have books and they want to, you know, be famous. I don't know what it'll end up coming out. That's why you have to get clarity over and over and over and over again. So you can understand what that DBM is, what that dominant by motive is and specifically speak to that, not what they say that they think that they want. Another reason why you should always be using clarifying questions is because people, they want to talk about themselves, right? And they want you to know more about them. A lot of times when we teach about clarifying questions, people feel nervous because they're like, oh, I don't want to like come off like I'm nosy or I'm just interrogating them. And, and honestly, if you were thinking about interrogating them, then you absolutely will come off that way, right? But if you think about genuinely trying to understand them and get clarity on who they are and what they want, you will come off as genuine. But nine times out of 10, people want to talk about themselves. They want to be asked questions about themselves and they want you to know more. So let them, let them have the spotlight, give them this front and center stage where they can talk about themselves. You aren't prying, you're really trying to help them as professional, especially if you've kind of moved gears into the the professional role, right? There's like a difference between building rapport and truly info gathering. And if you're truly info gathering as a professional, I mean, you're not offended when a doctor asks you hard questions or what feels like prying questions because they're the professional trying to get to the root of what's going on so that they can help you. This is the same thing. You are the professional trying to understand the root so that you can help this person. And when they know that you're trying to help them and it feels really genuine, almost always they're actually going to feel really well taken care of instead of feeling like you're you're prying. Another reason why you should always be using clarifying questions is because you can answer really well without putting, you know, potential new concerns in somebody's head. So sometimes if you assume you know why someone is asking something, right? You actually could potentially be putting an additional concern in their head that they didn't even know about or uh, strengthen the concern that they already have or deepen the objection they already have. So for example, when I was looking for a new car, I asked uh, the car salesman, hey, can you tell me, you know, how long is the car? And uh, the salesman answered that, you know, hey, it's going to have plenty of trunk space for that new baby that's coming. He saw that I was pregnant. He said, you're going to be able to put all the strollers and all the things in the back. But if he just asked a clarifying question of, hey, you know, Macy, that is such a good question. Why are you asking about the length of the car? He would know that I'm not concerned about the space in the back seat. I was actually way more concerned about fitting the car in 
my garage. I was way more concerned about having to park outside of my garage in the pouring rain and I didn't want to have to carry a baby outside in whatever the weather looked like. But if he just got clarity on why I was asking, he would have known that. So the conversation in an ideal world would have gone something like, hey, Macy, this is a great question. Why do you ask? And I would tell him, you know, I'm, I'm really looking for it to fit in my garage. And then he could say, okay, well, you know, how long is your garage? And I would tell him it's X amount of inches or X amount of feet. And he could say, great news. This car is this length, which means that you will be able to fit the car in your garage. He could answer the question specifically for me. So another reason why you should be always getting clarity in your conversations is because you, that, like I said, it makes you in control of conversation. I remember when I was first interviewing for jobs uh, right out of college, I was asking my dad, hey, I'm really nervous about uh, interviewing. You know, can you give me some tips? And he said, hey, the person in control of the conversation is asking the questions because you are getting the info. And so in interviews, I really think that you should be the one leading, like leading the questions, asking, hey, you know, how, what will it look like for a person to completely win in this role? What are some of the top qualities that you think are the best you could possibly have uh, in this position? And then when it is time for you to talk, you kind of know how to tailor your strengths to what they are looking for, which is going to really, really make you stand out. Let's move on to the third point, which is when, when to ask clarifying questions. And you know, there's really no science here. I think you could do it really anytime you don't have the clarity that you need. Uh, when you make this too scientific, it comes off as very obviously, you know, not natural. But if you just genuinely need the clarity, a great time to do it is after a question, after a statement, and after a concern. So after a question, someone might say something like, hey, Macy, you know, how much time does guide culture take? How much does it take out of my week, right? And instead of just saying, hey, this is how much time it takes, what might be better is to say, oh my gosh, you know, it's such a great question. If you don't mind me asking, you know, why do you ask? And I think when someone asks how much time something takes, it's easy to assume that they're busy, right? It's very, very easy to assume that. But what if that isn't the case? What if this person were to say, well, you know, I actually have more times on my hand. Uh, I'm not commuting. I have, you know, about an hour and a half each way that I'm saving at home and I'm finding myself just kind of in this rut and need a little bit more purpose. And I want to make sure that my time is being spent well and that it'll be worth this trading. Well, in that case, this question needs to be answered completely differently, right? It needs to be answered along the lines of, oh my gosh, this is perfect news. This, this class actually takes about three hours a week, which is uh, on the low end, which is going to be perfect for you to fill that additional commute time so you can feel lots of purpose in your day. Another example is the first time I ever used this concept and it was with my mom. My mom, maybe you guys have heard this story, but she was asking me about this lamp that I had on my desk and she was asking me about the cord of the lamp and how long the cord was. Now, obviously, I don't know how long the cord of the lamp is off the top of my head. In fact, I think most cords on lamps are probably about the same length. I could be wrong. Let me know if I am wrong. And honestly, I was kind of busy. I was trying to get out the door. I was kind of frustrated that she was asking me a question that I feel like it was pretty clear. I didn't know the answer. And so instead of uh, kind of just being like, mom, I don't know the answer to that question, simply by saying, hey, mom, you know, I'm not really sure if you don't mind me asking 
asking, can you tell me why you're you're curious about that? And she said, well, I also want to put it on my desk and I want to make sure that the cord isn't too long, you know, bunched up right here. And, and so I was able to say, oh, you know what? You know, it's perfect for that for that area. It'll be just fine. You should definitely order it. Because really all she was looking was just for confirmation and peace of mind and affirmation that she was making a good decision. So uh, another great place to use clarifying questions is after a statement. So, um, you know, let's say someone says something like, you know, I just don't like online courses, right? I don't like them. And it's very easy to be defensive, when you, especially when you pour your whole heart and soul into something that is an online course. And, and instead of being defensive, you just be like, oh my gosh, you know, like I get it. I want things to be, you know, super credible as well. Uh, what makes you say that? And so maybe they might say something like, well, you know, it just seems like you can just figure it out on your own. You don't need an online course. And, you know, that is something that you can admit and say, you know, well, at least for us, I can say, I admit you absolutely can pull sales together, sales information together on your own. In fact, that's what guide culture material has been doing over the last 30 years. And it's organized in a way that you can understand and really execute in just eight short weeks, which is going to save you so much time and help you make money right out of the get go, which is going to help them kind of like ease their mind of, Hey, while I probably could pull, and this is for any online course, like information is everywhere. What's really beneficial about a course is that typically it's pulled together in a way that's very easy to understand. You can move through pretty quickly. And with guide culture specifically, you get that feedback, that individualized time where you get those reps in that you obviously can't really do on your own. Uh, And so knowing where they're coming from, like uh, you can validate them and make them feel good about themselves. And then also it really pulls you on the same side of the table as them, uh, making you guys feel like you're on the same team instead of kind of against each other. And this is simply by getting clarity on why they're thinking a certain way. And the last place, a great place to use a clarifying question is after a concern or after an objection. You know, if someone says that they're not sure if they have enough time, you, you know, it's very easy to think, oh my gosh, everybody always just says they don't have enough time, always. But when you ask clarity and say, hey, okay, cool, no problem. If you don't mind me asking, can you tell me why you feel like you don't have time? And maybe, these are all hypothetical examples, but maybe they might say something like, well, you know, I'm having a baby in 10 weeks. I'm nervous to commit to eight weeks in case the baby comes, which is uh, in case the baby comes early, which is such a valid thought and valid concern. And so you can really tailor and say, oh my gosh, you know what? You're actually going to be so primed, like mentally primed uh, when you do guide culture before the baby comes. And, you know, of course life happens. If that baby comes, you can rest assured that we're going to take care of you and make sure you make up whatever you've missed, which gives them the peace of mind that they need. Uh, Instead of just kind of assuming that, okay, they don't have time. I'm going to move on. You can reassure them and comfort them and know that you, you are going to make them, you know, the highest priority uh, if life were to happen and that baby were to come. And this is because you genuinely care about them, right? And you genuinely love them as someone who's also having a, this again, this is all hypothetical, but as someone who also is having a baby very soon, I think it's so important to do all the mental priming as much as you can so that when the baby does come, you have additional mental margin to be able to focus on the baby in that schedule. And like I said, this is because you love them, not because you're trying to get the sale. It's because you know that it's going to help them so 
much. So I hope you learned uh, a little bit about clarifying questions. I encourage you just to try them, try them with your family, try them with your kids uh, and see if you can understand really where someone is coming from. Uh, If you are listening to this and you feel like you're nodding your head, yes, this makes so much sense. In fact, I wish people would ask me more uh, clarifying questions. Something you can do just to help them out is just to tell them why you're asking. You know, with the guy that uh, was selling me the car, I should have probably just said, hey, I need to know the length of the car. The reason I'm asking is I want to make sure it fits in my garage. That way you won't get frustrated. They will answer you specifically and actually help you get to the to the decision that you need to make. And that's also the value of knowing sales and knowing guide culture information is that you can really uh, help people uh, help you make decisions, which I know is what we all want is to make great decisions, uh, buy in decisions in all parts of our life so that we can win at life. I hope this episode was helpful for you and I hope that you enjoyed it. Definitely, definitely give me a tag on Instagram and message me on Instagram and let me know what part of the podcast you liked and uh, what really stuck with you. Thanks so much, guys. We will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening and we hope this episode encouraged you in your journey. Come join us over at the Winner's Circle Facebook group of online entrepreneurs who are winning the game of life. The link is down in the show notes. We'll see you there.